But we can change that. We can change that with something pretty simple. You do not need an app for this. You do not need a credit card. You do not need an 800 number. What you need is a conversation. A conversation. 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 The conversation. An exchange between great minds. Welcome to episode 16 of The Conversation. Today we talk about the NBA. Hello and welcome to The Conversation. This is Luca along with Tom and Adrian. And today we will be talking about basketball. Um, It's a whole new world in the NBA as all of the remaining teams are in Florida in the ESPN wide world of sports. And uh, I'd just like to hear you guys' takes on um, the NBA bubble. So um, I believe that the bubble has its pros and cons. So, I mean, first off, it's great to be able to watch basketball again. It's been a very long time uh, since the halt of the season. So it's, it's good to see, you know, some of the teams back in action. Uh, again, not all the teams were able to go, which is kind of, you know, which, which is kind of a bummer, I could say. But it's still good to, you know, still be able to watch basketball and, you know, see our favorite athletes, you know, back in action, doing what they do best at a professional level. Yeah, I agree. I think the bubble has its advantage and its negative. For example, we're not seeing any fans, and we're not having the feeling in the last seconds of the fans shouting against the other team because they might win the game. But I think that watching basketball changes the dynamics in people's lives. I mean, they will work on their computer all day and they will have that moment to relax, which includes watching basketball. And I think it has the advantage are much better than the negatives. Yeah, I mean, also, as we've seen, it's very safe. The last uh, time that the NBA tested players, um, none of them were positive. And that's pretty insane uh, because if we compare that to the MLB, some games have been um, postponed due to players getting tested positive for COVID. And um, it's great to see that the NBA are are really on top of this. And uh, I mean, it's really good for, um, for, for all of us. I mean, the fans having a great time watching and it's been really competitive too. So, um, yeah, I mean, you really, really enjoy to see it. And now we have joining us, we have Mark. Hey everyone. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, now, uh, we have a pretty interesting question coming up. Uh, what, who do you think is the most underrated player or who's your favorite player? Um, who, who's been your favorite player to watch this season? Well, I don't know about Adrian. I, I, I have a pretty strong response to this one. I think as a former Knicks fan, it's been really tough seeing KP go over to the Mavs and, and just absolutely dominate kind of under the radar, um, especially since we got fleeced with uh, DSJ and just not being able to sign KD and, and Kyrie and probably Giannis when he's a free agent just by the nature of our organization. So as a Knicks fan, it's, it's really depressing just to be one in general. But to see KP go over to the Mavs and absolutely dominate is just – it's difficult because, you know, he had a tough start. And I think that was a big, big part of the, of the reason why he's kind of been under the radar recently. 
hit a slow start, and he also missed a ton of time to injury, right, with the ACL. Um, but he, I don't know if you guys have been watching the last two days, but he's been really going off the mess. I mean, you know, they haven't been amazing in the bubble. They've t- taken some tough losses. And, you know, in part, I, I don't know if you guys already talked about this, but the Dame Lillard 61-point uh, uh, performance last night, I think really overshadowed the KP performance where he, he, he put up strong numbers again. And I think uh, over the last couple of days, a couple of weeks, he's been really putting on strong performances one after another. But because everyone else has been so dominant around him, it's kind of hard to uh, remember just how important of a team player he is and really good for basketball in general. Um, well, my pick for uh, you know a sleeper player would have to be TJ Warren from the Indiana Pacers. He has been going off in the bubble, uh, putting up, you know, over 30 points per, um, I think. And uh, even before uh, the restart of the NBA season, he's been uh, a valuable asset to the Indiana Pacers, filling in that small uh, forward spot on the team. Um, He's a, you know, he's a good defender and, you know, his uh, numbers prove it, but his, you know, his offensive game is very, very good as well. So my pick would have to be T.J. Warren. And my pick will be uh, Devin Booker. I mean, he's been dominating the Suns' performance as a team. And I think in the bubble, he's the main reason why they have been undefeated. And throughout the years, I mean, the Suns aren't really a playoff team. Or when they are, it's like that's their season. They qualify for the playoff. And it, it would be fun to watch the Suns in the playoff context, especially since they've been undefeated from the restart. I'd like to add to that, Tom. I think the Suns have been really good because of Booker. Obviously, you know, he's a generational talent on offense for sure. Um, but, I mean, his supporting cast has really picked it up as well. You see some really solid numbers out of Aiton, out of Miles Bridges, and just kind of the whole team really gelling, I think, uh, after the COVID break. So I think that's a good point you make, Tom, and I'm really excited to see them hopefully in the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to happen, but – yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, I was gonna add my player. Um, I'm not sure if it's really um, a sleeper, but um, I'd have to say Anthony Davis, someone who I wish was in the MVP race, uh, one of those three, um, because he's been so valuable to the Lakers. And you see, the Lakers were terrible last year, and they were able to trade for. Anthony Davis, who has been phenomenal with the Lakers. I mean, when LeBron's not performing, he's the one performing. Um, And he's the one bringing them up to that first seed in the West. Um, His defense is extremely valuable as well. Uh, One of the top blockers in the league. And um, if that doesn't really count, I'd have to say Hassan Whiteside. Um, Without him, the Portland Trailblazers would not be in the playoff picture. Their defense is atrocious. Um, I mean, as you can see, Damian Lillard, killer on offense, but defensively, he's really not that much. Um, But um, yeah, Hassan Whiteside, he's gotten many blocks. He might be the leader of blocks in the NBA season. Um, And rebounding as well, offensive rebounding, cleaning up the glass, uh, just, just overall a very, very solid player. And he's, he's improved tremendously with the, the Trailblazers. Well, I think that's a good pick, Luca, as well, because 
you know, his, his draft stock was really tumbling at Miami. And I think that was such a great trade on, on Portland's behalf because, you know, you could tell that I kind of missing something last year. And I, I don't know if things are different because Portland's always kind of on the cusp of the really great teams. But you got to wonder, you know, Dame's taking the next step. He's always been good, but I mean, come on. With, with how he's been playing recently, I don't know if you can really stop him. And then with an improved defense and a good supporting cast with like Nurkic and CJ McCollum, I mean, I think they're, I think they're a good team and they could, they might be able to surprise people this year. I think, you know, the, the media narrative, I think, is kind of pushing towards having two or three teams really being dominant ones. And I think you could make a case for the Bucks being a pretty solid team that I, I could really see taking it all. But I feel like – I think we should expect to see a lot of upsets with, with the way things have been shaken up in the last few days. Then talking about that, let's move on. I think who's your MVP pick? out of the three, out of uh, Giannis, James Harden, and uh, LeBron James. I mean, Luca, you talked about Anthony Davis. Do you think LeBron deserves MVP? So I don't think LeBron deserves MVP. Uh, I mean, he is a huge impact player, um, but his stats don't really match up with the ones of Giannis. Um, and uh, the the problem is, is that these these awards are just – very hard to predict because I we're really not sure what the NBA evaluates. Um, but I think, yeah, Giannis will get that MVP. Um, he's impacted the Bucks more than LeBron has impacted the Lakers, in my opinion, because, I mean, the Bucks have a great record, have excellent defense, but – Giannis is really the person that just pulls them all together. And um, he, he um, it's, he's very questionable in the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, if we're not talking about the playoffs, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And he gets my pick to be the MVP. So, um, not because I'm, I'm a Bucks fan, but uh, I also think Giannis does deserve the MVP. Um, if we're looking at who impacted their team the most, as Luca said, um, you know, James Harden may have put up more numbers than, uh, you know, uh, Giannis, but, you know, 36 points per game. And I think he's, I think the Rockets are like the fourth or fifth seed. You know, he also has Russell Westbrook that can help him out, but, if you look at, you know, the impact that Giannis has on the Bucks, if you take him away from that team, the, you know, the number one team, the number one Milwaukee Bucks would drop down to, you know, a questionable playoff team, you know, that would probably get eliminated in the first round. So, you know, Giannis's numbers, um, they, you know, again, he doesn't put as many, you know, points up as James Harden, but he does get more rebounds and he does impact the floor more than James Harden. So that's why Giannis is my MVP. I think I might want to make a parallel with baseball here just because I'm really familiar with that sport. Um, recently, last few years, when they've been picking MVP, they've been transitioning towards this new metric. It's not really a new metric, but the newer school met, uh, voters are taking a look at what they call war, which is wins above replacement. Um, and that's really taking kind of a holistic approach at, at evaluating players in baseball. So they're, they're taking a look at their offensive production as well as their defensive production and and um, comparing them between um, b between players who 
um, in, in that league in yeah, in the respective leagues. Um, and I feel like this kind of new school approach is really starting to maybe trickle into the NBA, maybe not to the same extent, but I think voters are becoming maybe more aware of how important the defensive statistics are. And if you take a look at um, the winners the last couple of years, you're seeing kind of a trend towards more defensive-minded players instead of always the eye-popping offensive ones. So even though, I mean, I think Harden had a phenomenal year last year. He's had another good one this year. You know, 30, 36 points per game when you're kind of like the highest, the player with the highest efficiency, you know, you're not really, you know, you're taking a lot of shots. You're not, you're not really uh, being efficient and, and uh, well, sorry, not high, well, you know, I, I didn't mean efficiency, I meant higher, highest like player usage. Um, so I don't really think of Harden as necessarily a leader. Um, that's all to say that I think the, the person who should win MVP is the person who puts up the most holistic numbers and um, who's good across the board, essentially. Um, and I think there's only one candidate right now, right now who's doing that, and, you know, Giannis with the blocks and the rebounds and the, and the points are there too as well. I mean, there's really no flaw in this game. So if you're really, if you're arguing over a couple points per game, I think that there's something seriously wrong with you. And I think the voters are starting to kind of take the more baseball approach, which is in my opinion, the right one. But I think between, I think the race is only between Giannis and James Arden. LeBron is completely out of it. LeBron, whether he is in or out of the game, does not automatically define the result. I mean, the Lakers have won without him and have lost with him. He's not like that game changer that Giannis and that James Harden might be. Arguably, Giannis should win, but I think, like, I would like to see James Harden win an award because he deserves it for a while now. I mean, he's won MVP recently, but the numbers he puts up, he's been consistent every year. Without him, Houston doesn't win. And it's like a key fact. They might be able to defend better, but they don't get the shots. Although he takes a lot of them, he has the most points per game. And when you put up like 38 points in a game, that's like 38 points that are guaranteed to go in. And I think that has much more of an impact. So arguably, I would go for James Harden. And I know, Mark, you talked about a point over performance, but it, at the end of the day, it resides on who wins the game. And with James Harden, Houston are more likely to win. Um, I just want to also throw out an honorable mention, Luka Doncic. Uh, this year, he has been putting up amazing numbers and, you know, almost averaging a triple-double in his second year in the league at 21 years old. He definitely deserves some recognition, you know, as a candidate for the MVP. And I believe actually over LeBron, you know, Luka Doncic has done so much for the Dallas Mavericks. And, yeah, I just wanted to throw out, you know, Luka Doncic. Well, uh, I mean, I really uh, understand Tom's point about James Harden. And I feel like that correlates with Luka Doncic because, as you can see, the Mavericks are seven seed in the West right now. Um, really not amazing. I mean, obviously, the West is very competitive. But to be ahead of the Utah Jazz – I mean, to be – sorry, to be behind the Utah Jazz and the OKC Thunder – uh, and have someone of, of Luka Doncic's um, um, to to have to have someone at Luka Doncic's level uh, and be seven seed is a little bit embarrassing. And I feel like um, team status is very important in deciding an MVP. Um, so 
uh, and, and that's the reason why I think that he's not in the top three. I, I think that's a fair point, Luca, but I think you also have to take into account this is the first year that they've been full strength altogether. Um, I think this, you'll see them as Luca gets better. Uh, you know, still he's what, like 23, 22? So he's still got a lot of room to grow. Um, and then you have KP, who's still a young guy, and he got a max contract, I think. So I think I see the point that you're making. I, and I, I don't think that Luca should be in the MVP conversation. I agree with you, but, you know, we'll, I don't really want to dismiss them because Luca hasn't been the instrumental player in the team landscape that we might have expected him to be. Um, although he's been putting up solid, 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 solid numbers. So I, I'd expect that to change probably in the next coming years. Um, I just want to add also one more thing is that there's a lot of competition in the Western Conference. When you look at the East, uh, you know, if you were to throw Dallas in the Eastern Conference, they would probably be like a fourth seed or, you know, maybe even a third seed. Like there's a lot of competition in the Western Conference. So, you know, you can't put that much you know, you can't put that much pressure on Luka Doncic, who, and also it's his second year in the league. So, well, yeah, there's a lot of competition, but again, I, I agree. He should be, you know, I was just saying that like he is, uh, you know, if there were a fourth, you know, if there were a fourth nominee, I think it would definitely go to him. So I think uh, what's more interesting than the MVP race is the MIP race. Um, so many players have improved. Um, and there's really so many candidates that you could put for MIP. Um, so what are you guys' picks on who is the MIP of the season? I'll just go. I think Brendan Ingram is, for me, the MIP this year. You look at his season last year with uh, the Lakers, and then you compare it to this year. It's like a whole new player. He's putting double digits in most of his games. and has a real impact on the team, whereas when he was at Los Angeles, he wasn't having the impact he's having now because he was with LeBron and under his shadow. And when LeBron wasn't there, they weren't even performing to a playoff standard. And based on the nominees, I think he's the most potential. Although, like, the nominees are high level. I mean, you compare it with Luka Dantich, and some of you will argue that Luka Dantich deserves MVP. But if you compare from season A to season B by switching teams he has become much more competitive and therefore I think he deserves it. I think that's a really good pick I think it'd be hard to argue against that Tom um, so I, I really don't have any issues with that I think I'm not really decided so I'm just going to throw out two more players that I think we could talk about um, maybe Dennis Schroeder on, the, on OKC I don't, know if, I don't necessarily think he's, he's the biggest improvement but the way he's been playing in kind of a six-man role has really helped their team gel together in OKC, and that's why you're seeing them really exceed, I think, my expectations certainly, but ex exceed general expectations for how well they'd be doing just across the NBA landscape in general. Um, and you see them skyrocketing up the rankings and just playing really good basketball, beating good teams. And it, obviously, you know, Dennis Schroeder didn't put up the greatest numbers in, in Atlanta, and he comes over to OKC. He kind of, kind of didn't have the greatest numbers to start, but he's been really picking up the slack recently. Um, and then I think maybe another player I'd like to mention, although I don't think he's going to get any credit, is um, Devontae Graham on the Hornets. Just because, you know, he, I don't know how sustainable that production was, but, I mean, he, he was far and away the best player on the Hornets this year. And it's kind of a shame that we're not getting to see them in the bubble. Um, I mean, I understand why they're not, but he was a lot of fun to watch and, you know, destroying my own 
home team Knicks, <laughs> as painful it was, you know, he just he's just a fun fun guy to watch. And uh, you know, I think there's a lot of really exciting up and coming players that we're going to be able to watch over the next few years. So I also agree with um, on Brandon Ingram. I think that you know this year compared again compared to last year, his numbers have all improved in every single category. Uh, passing, rebounding, scoring. He's just, you know, become an overall better player. And, you know, this, you could make an argument that, no, he did not make it to the playoffs. But still, as a player, he improved drastically. And he definitely deserves to take home that award this year. Uh, I'd have to – I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I don't think Brandon Ingram is going to take home the award simply for the fact that – um, uh, he's just not uh, defensively strong enough, and he is um, he he hasn't really impacted his team too much. I mean, the the Pelicans seem to not be improving that much. So my pick would be Bam Adebayo. Um, he's improved tremendously in points per game, rebounds per game. Uh, literally everything you could think of, and his defense is incredible. Um, and the Heat are doing so well, as you could see. Um, and I feel like it's not just Jimmy Butler doing that. It's not just the role players, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. It it really is Bam Adebayo. He's been killer at that center spot. Um, but you could also make the case for Luka Doncic. I mean. Massive improvement as well. His IQ for the game is so good. Um, and, I mean, we'll see what the NBA evaluates in terms of MIP, but my pick is Bam Adebayo, and um, I think he, he's, he's just a great player and very valuable for a team on defense as well. All right. Now uh, we've gotten to the final question. Um, who do you think will take the East and the West? And uh, most importantly, who do you think is going to win the NBA Finals? Um, so in the Eastern Conference, uh, I think it's going to be, well, first, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be, I believe, Milwaukee against Toronto. And I think that this time Milwaukee is going to take, um, it's going to take uh, the series in a game six or seven. Uh, Toronto is a great team. Uh, you know, they have Pascal Siakam and they have, you know, just a great overall team with a lot of talent. But, um, you know, last year, uh, Milwaukee just struggled because of, you know, the defense uh, from Kawhi Leonard. Um, I mean, it wasn't only him, but, you know, the Bucks also lacked experience. Again, uh, last year was the first time they went to the conference finals since Ray Allen in 2001. But uh, I think that they are now able to take the series against um, the Raptors. And in the Western Conference, I think it will be the Clippers against the Lakers uh, in the Eastern or the Western Conference Finals. I'm sorry. And I believe that it will be the uh, Lakers that will take the series there. Um, again, game six or seven, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are both very talented players. But, you know, LeBron and AD and their supporting cast is, you know, I feel like it's just far, far better 
than the Clippers. And in the NBA Finals, as much as I love Milwaukee, I think that they will lose to the Lakers in a game five or six. You know, the Lakers have experience and the Bucks lack experience despite their very good roster. So I think the Lakers will take it. So I think that in the East, we're going to have the Milwaukee Bucks face off against the Raptors. Um, it's going to be a really fun series. Um, I mean, the Raptors were so fun to watch last year in the NBA Finals uh, and, well, during the, their playoff run too. Um, but I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to take it. It's going to be very close. It could go to six or seven games. Um, but I do see the Bucks coming out stronger than the Raptors. Um, but the Raptors have been playing so well. Um, and I really like um, I really like to watch them. But I think Milwaukee has the edge. In the Western Conference, I'm saying the Lakers are going to face the Nuggets. Um, the Clippers have shown some weaknesses. And I just don't think they have the right chemistry together. Um, the Nuggets look really strong. Uh, and they've been playing really well. Uh, and... I just like the way Mike Malone um, coaches the team. Uh, they might not have the best players. They might not have better players than the Clippers. But as a team, I think that they'll be able to beat the Clippers in the second round. Um, and um, I think the Lakers are going to win the West um, because, I mean, they're better than the Nuggets. Uh, so... That should be an easy one for the Lakers. And in the NBA Finals, I have to say that the Lakers have a massive edge over the Bucks. I think the Bucks might lose focus. They, I don't think they're going to be confident enough. And it's just, it's just, it's going to be really tough for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lakers maybe in four or five. I'm going to go a bit unconventional. I'm going to say that to the East, it's Milwaukee will not perform well and won't even make it to the final. So I'm going to go Miami versus Toronto in the East. And in the West, the Lakers will do like Milwaukee and not perform well. And therefore... Uh, they will, uh, and therefore, Houston will go through and play the Clippers. And the Clippers will qualify to the final. And on the other side, Toronto will go back to the final. And uh, Clippers will win. That's my prediction. I, I like it, Tom, because I don't, I, I'm not so convinced the good teams are really the best teams out here. I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to go full send here. Uh, Western Conference, I'm going with a big upset. The big upset. Lakers are going out in the first round against the Trailblazers. You can't stop Dame. You can't stop CJ. You can't stop anybody in Portland. Get out of here. Uh, if, assuming the standings stay the same. So Lakers are going out the first round, and then who will they, who will they play? I don't know. Um, I haven't played the, the – um, yeah, if the Nuggets can play the play the Trailblazers in the final, right? In the semi, oh, in the, the Western final. Cup. I don't, I don't care how they get there. I just like the Nuggets team. Um, I think they're kind of underrated. I don't know if they'll actually make it that far. Um, 
and I, I don't think they have a good team, but I'm for I'm for I'm for upsets, you know. So I'm 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 full sending it. It's gonna be Trailblazers against the Nuggets uh, uh, for the final in the Western Conference, and then for the Eastern Conference, I don't know. I it's hard to go against the Bucks because the Eastern Conference kind of sucks. No, no lie. So, um, but I don't think I think it's gonna be. You know what? Why not? The green teams, again, a rematch of the, was it like the 2018 something rather when the Bucks got destroyed by the Celtics in the, in the playoffs. I know Adrian's really excited that I'm uh, rem- reminding him of this beautiful basketball event that happened. But, the following uh, year. We're going to have a, we're going to have a rematch of that. And then we're going to see Jason Tatum. Um, it just depends. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he does well. I'll flip a coin. Hold on. I'm going to go flip a coin. Um, to see whoever wins this one. Bear with me, guys. Okay. Um, just going to make a l- little mark on this coin here because it's not it's the same coin. Okay. All right. Heads, heads uh, Bucks win this. Tails, Bucks lose. Oh, okay. It's heads. So the Bucks go to the finals. Um, and then they're going to face – where are they going to face? They're going to face the Trailblazers and lose in six. That's it. <laughs> I'm calling it. Trailblazers all the way to the house. This is not based on any science. It's just I really want this to happen. It would be a lot of fun basketball. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see Skip Bayless shoot his pants. That's going to be a lot of fun, too. I hate Skip Bayless. Anyway, thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you for coming, Mark. And thank you, all guys, for participating. I mean, Thank you very much. It's been that a great- was fun. Yeah. It was a great discussion, and uh, I mean, we've uh, really uh, sort of got to understanding our true um, beliefs toward NBA teams. I mean, as we can see with Mark, he loves the Trailblazers. But anyway, uh, that's it for the conversation, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you to all of our guests today, Mark, Adrian, Tom, and Luca. This podcast is produced by Tom Clare, Mark Wahab, Graham Foote, and myself. I'm Miles Bratier. Stay safe.